do chapter five of stone clearing with richard herring it's um it's the 9th of december we're heading out around about 8 20 a.m for the first stone clear of the day also we'll be of course walking wolfie who's here will be um we're just approaching the path uh, up to the field um I mean, I think, again, it might be a little bit of a free-for-all in today's podcast, but um, I'd like to talk a little bit about equipment. At the end of the last podcast, we had an equipment fail. Uh, the gloves that I was using uh, became uh, corrupted and put uh, a big hole cut in them by the flint, I think, that uh, it is, uh, when I was going unshod with my hands, um, ungloved, Degloved, if you like, uh, if you're a fan of Adam Kay, uh, I was getting cuts and abrasions. That still happens with gloves, uh, and I know there's a lot of controversy about whether we should be using modern inventions like gloves at all in stone clearing. I mean, that's probably partly what this podcast will be about. Um, a lot of people feel quite strongly that gloves should never be used. I don't think they should always be used. I think it's important to get the authentic experience from the ancient of days that those original stone clearers would have had. Um, but, you know, some someone did email in and argue about why I was wearing gloves, but, you know, the original stone clearers wouldn't have had shoes. Uh, they wouldn't have had trousers. Many stone clearers just basically walked around wearing a, a primitive nappy. Um, and some of those, not even that, I would just urinate on their cans, defecate, just let the the, the, the poo fall behind them like a, a cow or a horse might. Um, so, you know, if you're going to try and claim to be authentic, then I'd like to see you out on a muddy December night or day, naked as the day you were born. Um, I think whilst it's important to stay true to the roots of this noble profession, um, just kicking a few stones aside. Yeah, I'm picking up as I go a little bit. Nothing, uh, nothing too exciting as yet, just the usual. Um, I mean, I'm still amazed as I kind of walk along this route that I've walked along a hundred, two hundred times, maybe, I don't know. There still are stones, quite big stones, right next to the path. I mean, I don't even, I'm not even having to navigate my way out. The, the ground's still a bit soft today, so I kick this baby out. And that's a massive one, and that's like three inches from 
the path, the shore. Uh, ah, so, yeah. Oh, got my dog leash. That's a tatt. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, nice little kick there. Um, it's something that only you can decide. As I say, I think it's important to at least occasionally feel the actual temperature of the stones in your bare hand. I wouldn't go as far as coming out naked, not in these winter months, uh, just to be authentic. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been trying various things. I bought some new gloves. Uh, these are gloves that are used by people carrying stone and stuff around in, uh, I can't remember what they're called. I will show a photo of them and maybe a link to where you can get these if you want. Uh, but this is only my third go with them, so I'm not sure how suitable they are. They've, used, they've got metal, I think, in them, which means they're, it's harder to cut them. Um, so that shouldn't be okay. And they do seem to give you the necessary degree of pliability. Uh, they're not restricting. Look at this, just again, how can it be that after all this time, there's just four stone? I mean, there's a, there are so many stones. Look at that baby, that's quite big. Have I missed that in the past? Um, of course, the rains wash away the soil. I think the, the stones do grow uh, and do become bigger again. So, um, so yes, I, I, I do wear a coat. Again, a modern day coat, not some kind of old smock. Uh, I do wear Wellington boots or walking boots are probably better. Wellingtons, I find it's quite hard to get your trousers into them. It's quite uncomfortable. And they don't necessarily have the, the full kicking ability that you want on a day like today when you can just kick the stones out of the earth. Um, it's sort of worrying to me that we're on December the 9th and I've only had one really frosty day. Properly frosty day. Obviously, last podcast was a little bit frosty, but the earth was still pliable. That is a worry. I mean, it's good in a way, of course. It means it's easier to clear the stones, and that's really all that's important. Um, the stones don't mind whether there's global warming. They will survive uh, anything that we can throw at them. But uh, it's worrying for humanity, I suppose, that uh, global warming is affecting us in this way. Um, so yes, boots, I think it's all right to wear shoes. Uh, again, the stone clearers in the past would probably have toes so supple and nimble they could pick stones out with their actual toes. Um, and yeah, this is an amazing crop today. I mean, this just seems, this is the path I walk down the most and just everywhere I'm, I'm looking. There's thousands of stones. Um, I mean, there always are, obviously, but it's still slightly weird. weird. Uh, there are so many and so close to the path. And science can try and explain that all it likes. Uh, but I think the only answer is stone elves putting out more stones every night. Because there's none come off. The cairns can, the are all the size they were, you know slightly getting bigger than yeah, that one about six or seven nice nice size small to medium stones going down on there um now this is quite a second part of the field that i did sort of daring to head a little way out on because this is kind of littered with fairly big stones i can just see on the top uh, there's no one around at the moment so 
Go take my chances. Look at that. That's a Millennium Falcon toy size. This one's a big one, and it's literally just lying on top. It's a big flat, but it's uh, that is the size of a sort of flattened melon. Uh, if you can imagine the size of melon, I mean. Uh, so, yeah, there I've just picked up oh, five good size um, stones, and I'm only... Oh, and now it's getting this difficult thing. There's so many, I want to try and get them all. Another two, but I'm in danger of overloading. Oh, but look at this one. Uh, it's like a boomerang shape. That's quite interesting. Um, luckily, no one wanted to see me transgressing onto the field. But again, only six or seven feet into the field, and I found almost more stone than I can carry, and left behind quite a lot. They slipped on some mud there, and you caught. Cool. And I'll put that big flat one on the top uh, of that developing can. I mean, I'm sort of slightly disappointed, all except my main can. I seem to be putting hundreds and hundreds of stones on them, and they don't really seem to be getting bigger. They're not getting smaller, but uh, a bit uh, out of breath today. Um, so, yeah, so equipment-wise, I did buy a head torch. Someone recommended a head torch. That's another thing, of course, in the old days. The nighttime stone clearers would have had to eat carrots and uh, try and up their night vision that way, even though they would not have known of that urban myth that was invented in World War II at that point. They still would have tried it. They would have tried everything to make their vision better. And uh, But we can use illumination if we choose. And uh, I did buy a head torch yesterday. Someone, well, not yesterday. I used a head torch as a sign yesterday. Someone recommended. Well, so when well, it's interesting... Uh, it's a different kind of ethereal light and it caught the leaves and made them look like tinfoil it was quite scary it also caught my dog's eyes and made my dog look like uh, the dog of Lucifer which is very scary at night time um, I'm already having to contend there's rumours in the village of a strange ghoul that haunts this field at night a sort of stooping figure muttering to itself flinging bits of detritus from the field to the edge. Uh, I presume it's the ghost of some long dead stone clearer, but it's sort of a weird. A lot of the, the villagers won't come up to the field at night because of that guy. I've never seen him. Um, but yes, yeah, so I wore a head torch, but I don't know how a head torch really works with if you are a long haired gentleman as I am, because more often than not, without having to sort of strap back my hair entirely or kind of behood myself, which uh, the hair just flies up in the wind and gets in the way of the head torch. Uh, and it's actually a lot less convenient than just using a handheld torch. I would say at the end I just uses a handheld torch because I got so annoyed. So I'll look into seeing if I can make that work better. I guess most people who have head torches are sort of strange, sad, bald, old men. And then usually someone virile and youthful as I am, would not have bought one of those. I guess the head torch is generally only used by those who otherwise given up in life and don't care how stupid they look. Um, so again, I'm about, I don't mean, I'd say 10 feet from the, from the shore of the ocean and uh, picking up three or four little stones here just to go on my second biggest can. Um, just deciding whether to cut across to the main can now or uh, 
go around the edge and cut across the middle. No one around, uh, as, as I can see at the moment, uh, which is good, of course, for stone clearing. A couple of loose stones here that I suspect might be ones I've thrown from the middle of the field in previous uh, stone clears, which, again, that's an important thing to remember. Just try and get them to the edge as much as you can. But, uh, yeah, so I'm still looking for the perfect torch. I'm still looking for the perfect glove wear. These seem to be okay, the gloves I'm wearing. And you do get, they don't, they don't make you very warm. They're not designed for warmth. And you do get a feeling of the, the coldness of the stones, even on a relatively balmy, very windy, I'm sure you're hearing, uh, Sunday morning in December, which is worrying. Um, a few comments coming in from you at home. Um, the urinating on the cans created a lot of interest with one person got in touch about that. Uh, and, uh, I did meant to say that the point that they made, that of course, urinating on the cans does also mark out the field as yours to other animals and to sophisticated stone clearers. If you go into a field, uh, sniff the cans, if you sense the urine of another stone clearer, then obviously that is a sign to move on, find your own field. If you're an honourable stone clearer, if you're not the kind of night hawk that tries to swoop in, Steal the accolades deserved to another. Literally steal the stones sometimes, of course, uh, and, and make your own cans with them. It's something we have to watch out for in this noble calling. Um, so do urinate on the stones, I think, is, is generally accepted because of that. Uh, some people worry about the health and safety implications. Um, uh, and uh, as if by magic, just to make that point, uh, Wolfie, just knelt down there and did a tiny little wee just to illustrate what I, I meant for anyone with a sophisticated enough hearing to hear a dog weeing three or four feet away. It's a tiny wee. She was just making the point, the very point I'm making, that part, part of ground. I mean, it wasn't even on the stuff. She's an idiot in a lot of ways. It's good to have a dog with you. That's a very important piece of equipment because if you're just walking around the field picking up stuff, uh, that can look suspicious. Uh, but if you have a dog... You can always pretend you're picking up their feces, which is less embarrassing than saying you're picking up stones. Uh, of course, you could possibly, and people have asked about this, whether it's allowable to train your dog to find the stones for you. And I would, I hope that through repetition, um, my dog will sort of get the idea that I am very interested in stones and she will start finding them for me. Uh, and maybe weeing on them, or just standing over them with, you know, pointing with their nose to, hey, I found a good one. Uh, and again, approaching the part of the field where, again, there's generally a pretty healthy crop of fairly medium-sized, good-sized stones. No one around at the moment to see me doing this, so I'm taking a chance and veering away from shore a little bit. What's this one? Is this going to be a, this could be a good one? No, it's about as big as it looked. I thought it might be a sort of iceberg stone there where it's a little bit peaking above. Oh, and the thing I wanted to talk to you about today as well was something that happened to me uh, on the last stone clear is when you spot two stones next to each other that are separated but clearly were once together. Now, this happens a lot, especially on a field where there's ploughing. Uh, stones will, of course, shatter. And if you can find two of these, what I call them, sibling stones, I'm not going to 
presume to know how they want to be identified as a sex. Uh, and you know, we're getting to a whole new area there if you talk about the sex of stones. Some people do believe in that, but uh, they are very much uh, asexual. Um, I think it is at least polite to attempt to keep those brother, sister, sibling stones, whatever you want to call them, call them sibling stones, and any made a mistake there, but I think I can do it. Um, keep them together in the afterlife of being on the field. Oh, that's quite a nice medium-sized one. They're flat on the top, but bumpy beneath. Um, so that, for me, that's how I feel we should be going, is to I just kind of dig out one that looks a bit easier to dig out than it is. Oh, there it goes. Um, I love being able to use my feet at this time. So, yeah, it's, it's good to keep them together in the same can, at least. And my belief is that once... I mean, like human beings, all stones are related. That's the thing. It's easy to see the divisions created by space and time. Once, all these stones were literally the part of one massive stone. Uh, and over time, it's a sad way to reproduce in that every child you create makes you, yourself, lesser. But it's sort of good in a way as well, because... Also, I'm not wearing very good socks today, and one of my socks has rolled up inside my boot. And that is a huge stone-clearing error there. That is why the stone-clears of the past did tend to go unshod. Because it's really uncomfortable when you're wearing a low-quality sock. I mean, this is a high-quality sock, but it's just old. And uh, now half my foot is in the boot on its own, half my foot has scrunched up stock on it. So yeah, so try and keep those sibling stones together, unless you're a cruel cruel stone clearer who likes to separate them and teach them a lesson. That's up to you. People clear stones for different reasons. I'm a, I have a love-hate relationship with these stones, and partly I love them and want to keep them together and respect them, and of course partly I, they are my enemies creating this task for me that I can never really hope to complete. Oh, that's a nice one. Oh, I wish I'd been here to see that. That was... I was hopeful it was going to be big. And it was pretty big. Um, oh, and Wolfie's... No, she's fine. So, yeah, the people of Hertfordshire are sleeping today. Uh, and while the dog walkers are asleep, the stone clearers shall they clear. That is saying it just gives you the chance well, literally I can see the whole field from here and it is massive uh, it really gives you a scale when you can see this of what a task I've set myself here I mean I could have gone for a much smaller field uh, this field is immense and I'm still basically finding loads of stones within the two metres around the periphery so wish me luck uh, but they may live long enough and be able to bend long enough to get properly out into that middle of that field. Well, obviously things get harder. See, here's a stone. These seems like three or four segments that they want to be together. And uh, I shall keep them together as they shall want. I mean, you know, within the reason I'm just checking them out of the field. But they're in the same basic area and I think that's good enough. Um, so, yeah, so... If you have any ideas about torches, if you have created a torch you think would work well for stone clearing, uh, I guess a head torch on some kind of swimming cap 
might be the next next attempt for me. I mean, look at this, even just this bit of path is screwing the stones, it's insane. And that's not even the field, and yet I still feel duty bound to get them a little bit towards the edge and damn the consequences, of course, as we do with all of this. Uh, so the top corner of the field now, where I have this ken, there is a lot of stones around here, and I do like to try and throw the stones onto this if no one's around, but also, I'm at my most exposed, plus there are, there's that log that might be a dog here watching, you may remember from the last podcast, uh, it's also very possible for dog walkers just to come around the corner and find what I'm doing, and then me having to quickly think of an excuse as to why I'm picking up stones in the field and throwing them towards a pile of stones. Um, pretty sure no one knows what I'm doing in the village yet, so I just had to spit some spit out there. That's another thing, you know, in this winter time. The old nose does get a bit runny at times, and uh, there is no time, there is no place for a handkerchief within the stone clearers arsenal. So I'm just going to pick some of you that I'm going to place on the can. Again, I mean, pitifully small. How many months have I been doing this? And I've been just placing stones here. It just doesn't seem to improve at all. I did spot a good one. I thought back here, I wanted to come back. Well, my hair is sort of blowing in my face anyway. Regardless of what was it this one? I mean there's so many here. And then I'll just throw it. And that one hasn't really gone that near, but it's near enough that at some point in the future it will be part of the wall. Oh, that one just bounced very close to the cab. I just wouldn't be able to hear the click. There was a little clink. Uh, yeah, I mean I, it's easy to lose heart. In this corner, heard a dog barking. Have to be a little bit careful. That one's too deeply embedded, sucked into the earth. Uh, the earth clamping it in their jaws, her wet jaws, refusing to let it go. This one, though, very much lying on the top. And that one's just going to the side. I'm now too far from the camp to really hope to hit it, but don't ever get it into that verge. Again, remember, watch out for other dog walkers when you're throwing from this distance. These are good-sized stones that could really hurt someone. Uh, and uh, only only do this if you're confident in your stone-throwing ability. Oh, so yeah, the, as I was coming up here the other day, uh, the day after I was doing my last uh, stone-throwing podcast, I don't record all of these, I'm not mental. Um, most people are very friendly, as you'll have observed from the few we've met so far on this short journey we've taken together. Uh, but this guy was a bit odd and... Water came up. She was on the lead. I was, so she, this guy had a little dog that Water was going towards to say hello to. And then the guy went crazy. He said, hack on the rising. Get her away from here. Pull her in. Pull her in. And he was just immediately rude. He could have just been, hey, let maybe take her back. Just talk calmly. But he was terrified. Uh, and I wasn't pulling her in straight away because I knew that she wasn't going to do anything. But also she was, I had the ability to stop her moving forwards. Uh, Come on, pull her in. Pull her in. I've known dogs all my life. And uh, I think he has no, no dogs that well, does he? Because the moment night exam at the time we do that stuff, they're just messing around. So he said, it's not worth taking the risk. He said, I said to him, you don't know my dog. I told him not to be rude. And I would love to have got that exchange. Uh, but hopefully we'll meet him again another day. And uh, we'll have, he's sort of my enemy, my dog walking enemy. If he knew what I was, I had two or three stones like in the palm of my hand. He hadn't seen them. Uh, if he'd known what I was doing, I think he would have 
he'd have got furious as well because he'd probably started moaning about what ecological damage I was doing, you know, like people like that do. And you're probably one of them. Not, that's not what's important. So I'm picking up, I'm walking the long length of the field now, hoping no one will come the other direction. Uh, I'm just starting to pick up stones as I approach sort of midway to the midway, if you understand what I'm talking about. And some nice ones here, actually. And I'm being literally, there is more stone than soil as I'm looking at, uh, right into the distance across this patch of the field. Many of these stones are tiny. I think we can afford to try and take the bigger ones mainly as especially if you're transporting them a distance because obviously small ones will fall from thy grasp. Uh, but yeah, I am more than sports for choice. If I, if I was the kind of person who felt, oh my God, I have to pick up every single stone right now, then I would never get home because even if I chose this one meter square, it would take me an hour to pick up all of those. And as I constantly say, this is about patience is being patient but not being complacent you have to understand the magnitude of what you're doing how long it will take try and work out how long you're going to live work out how many stones you have to take um rome the fields of rome were not cleared in a day uh, they were not that's just true it took a long time to clear those stones from the fields that would make rome by the time they cleared them there were seven hills of stones and then that's where they built Rome, using some of the stones from the stone clearing, the bigger ones to actually make Rome itself. But what, my point is that, that none of that happened in a day. That was several days. And there's a dog walker off in the distance, three Labradors by the looks of it. He's heading away from me. Oh, and there's another one in the corner over there, but I'm, I have at least escaped and can carry my booty off. Admittedly, I've got to carry away the Rome thing and stop picking up stones. And I've only got sort of six mediums. Uh... But that's not a bad little hall to crack into this centre can, which is coming on pretty well compared to the others. Partly because once I'm out here, if there aren't strange men chatting and we back pulling her in, uh, and I can see the whole field and know who's around, I can gather quite a few. And on those kind of days where it's rainy and I don't want to walk around too much, uh, that could be quite a useful area to dump. Now, someone's just arrived at the entrance to the field that we're currently approaching suddenly out of there being no dog walkers around it's almost like a bat signal has gone out that police Richard Herring Wolfie come here Wolfie good girl why don't you try and find some stones you stupid dog and stand over them and go woof woof why don't you do that when when I've got one just try to get the lead on everything you find so oh that lady She's arrived and she's actually heading off, so I might. I'm just trying. It's a complicated game of chess. Uh, in fact, I think every dog walker is heading. Actually, one of them has disappeared off the field. That's good news. Uh, the other one is heading off to the left as I approach this gate. There's a, it's heading across the field towards my second major curve. He's past the main can. Probably looked at it and thought, what's going on? I wonder who's doing that. Looking around, could it be them? Could it be them? No, no idea that it's me. Uh, the behatted, I think red lady, I think it is a lady, it's they're far enough away from me, not sure, uh, heading off towards the other corner of the field, where I rarely go now. Oh my goodness, and there's a beautiful rainbow has appeared in the sky, and it's starting to rain a little here, that's an occupational hazard, and we'll talk about weather a lot on this podcast, but that is utterly beautiful, 
I mean, that is the stone god smiling down at me, isn't it? I mean, they're upside down, so it looks like a frown from our point of view. Uh, they're pleased with what I've done. They've forgiven me for weeing on some of the cans, possibly. I wish I could take a photo, but my camera, my phone's being used for recording this. I don't want to mess that up, but also, I reckon we probably wouldn't photograph very well. But that is, that's a... It's weird that that should appear at this point of walk. This is the point of walk where I get I tend to get philosophical, where it tends to... The frustrations of stone clearing start to abate, and I start to think a little bit about life, my position in the universe, who I am, all my airport slightly falling out there, hope that has an effective transmission. Um, it has, uh, sorry, missing all this gold that's about to come up. So, <coughs> yeah, just, I picked up a nice chunky mini Millennium Falcon there. To give you some idea of the size, it's not like the size of the proper toy. Oh, and that lady is now coming across from the centre, so she sort of saw me. I think her dogs aren't that well. So I think she's playing a different game of chess, in some ways less embarrassing, in which uh, she's just trying to keep her dog away from other dogs. And I'm keeping the game of chess, where I'm trying to keep stone walkers sort of away from me, but I also do like encountering them and putting that on the podcast. It's sort of like a role-playing game from the 80s, where I meet villagers and have to talk my way out of stuff. Come on, wolves. Um, so I'm, I'm walking off the field because there are witnesses. I've only managed to stoop down a, and pick up that mini Millennium Falcon. That gives you an idea. I mean, it's a, it's a, like an apple that's been uh, punched from both sides and, and therefore flattened out a bit. You know, the, you know the size of apple I'm talking about. Um, Wolfie's interested in those dogs, but they're far enough away, I think, and she is... Uh, on her leash, and if you ask for like, yeah, I will pull her in, mate, but, you know, if you shout at me like I'm an idiot, then I'm, I'm, it's going to be difficult, that's all I'm saying, just, that's what I wish I'd said to that guy. Uh, so coming into the, this can from the entry from the footpath, this is, sometimes I used to go home this way, but it seems a waste of my resources to not go home via the field entrance, so... Those four or five going on to, again, this pathetic real, really, Ken. Given how many I feel I've put on there, that feels like it should be a lot bigger. And I'm going back because I did just spot a couple of nice possibilities back here. Where were they? I mean, that's it. So what I'm saying, that patience, it's about knowing that you will be back. Um, this isn't the one I was going for, but this one's this one. This has an adequate replacement. Um, yeah. I wonder where they... I wonder where they dipped after. Was it that one? Maybe it was. Oh, yeah, that's quite... Again, that right by the path. A reasonable size stone you'd think I would have found by now, but there it is. The rainbow is gone, but I think that is my gift. My pot of gold at the end of the rainbow was that stone. It wasn't really at the end of the rainbow, but it was at the end of where I saw the rainbow. So I think that still works. So uh, we're approaching the popular parts of the field where there's the... Uh, the throw... It's a little game, this bit. I mean, eventually it will, of course, lead to its own little bit of wall. Um, picked up three stones I managed to find there. And the pole, I would say, six feet away from the path, indicating which way for walkers to go. But I'm trying to hit it and create a little cairn from a distance underneath. Well, that one missed, but it hit a different pole. Or oh, that one hit the stones, but not the pole. And that one, I think, you clearly hit. That's ten points. Uh, if you're keeping score, ten points today for that. If you're keeping score. 
so yeah, I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. I think that's mainly what I wanted to talk about. Um, as I say, I'll post a link to where you can buy the same gloves as me if you want to. I mean, I would say this one's they're grey, so they pick up the dirt quite a lot. The package says they're washable. Doesn't say that means machine washable, just washable. There's no very few details and very little about stone clearing in the information. Um, and all I'm going for a slightly risky one. There's a pile of poo, and there's also two or three little ones around that poo. And I've nipped in and got them all, and haven't touched the poo. And that again, if that was part of the game, that would be another ten points. But it is not, so do not add those ten points if you're keeping score for my score. Uh, just moving along here, I haven't got many cans along this little stretch. It is quite a, a barren stretch, and these stones are, I mean, together they make a stone the size of, like, a small apple, you know, like the ones you'd get in the wild. Um, so it's it's going to be quite difficult, I think, to to get the wall along this bit, just because there isn't much, certainly in the immediate, immediate vicinity. Um, but that's going to be an issue for further down the line. Excuse me. Oh, just as I was sitting there, I saw another quite nice one just on the shoreline. Oh, there's a few just on the shore here. I'll just throw those willy-nilly. They're not going on any can. They're going to be the beginnings of future bits of wall. But, yeah, if you looked along here, I mean, I think you'd have to be very sharp-eyed to walk this stretch of the field and even see anything that I've achieved. There are stones hither and thither, and there's a couple of slightly larger nests of stone. But basically, until you reach this corner, uh, you might not know anything was going on. But when you reach, reach this corner, if you're being observant, at least, I think you would. Oh, someone's thrown a uh, Foster's can right near my can. I mean, that's sort of rude. I mean, eventually that will go under a pile of stones. Um, and it will stay there. But A, recycle kids, and B, come on. I, I imagine that Foster's can might be... I think I've heard a lot of kids... Uh, who know worked out where this is, come up and have parties here, probably we on the stones, which they mustn't do. Um, yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, it's a nice looking wall growing up here that is that has been remarked upon. I think I've managed again in the last podcast to deflect uh, suspicion away from myself. But uh, I can see a dog over there, it might be a log. Uh, it's just sitting in the field. There's another one just looking at me from a long distance with no person around. I mean, could it be a log? Because there's been a log there before. It's literally in the middle of the field, but it's not moving. It looks like an Alsatian. I mean, it, maybe that's... I think Wolfie was playing with some twigs, but would I see that from this distance? It literally hasn't moved, but it's looking at me, and it's very much a dog shape. I can see its ears. It's a long way away. But it literally hasn't moved an inch in all the time we've been here. No human has come to. Why am I being watched by these log dogs? Does anyone, if anyone understands about that, please get in touch and explain what that could be. Are these just log dogs of the mind? Or are they, aren't they real ones? And uh, just taking a little diversion out into the, into the centre field here. Oh, there is a dog down there. So that's definitely a dog. Oh, no, maybe it's not. Yes, it is. And there is a person that I'm going to quickly make my excuses and head across to the path before anyone suspects what's going on. This may be a, just a little walk of quiet contemplation. We go down here. Um, oh, and I think this is the guy with the three Labradors that I saw from a distance. 
he's gone. He's you know he's scooting around as well. I mean, this is Sunday, mate. You really take your time. Yeah, keep away from the family. This is what this is about. Get away from everyone. Enjoy your life on your own. I have a feeling this guy might vacate the field. Um, I've saved one of the little stones from that last collection just to go on this. Oh, bounced off the pile and didn't even go on it. That's a shame. Um, but I'm not going to change it. Uh, we may have an encounter. He's coming this way, so uh, we may have to have a quick, brief chat. He's got three labs and like that. Quite nice-looking dogs, but uh, obviously, let's just have a moment of quiet uh, contemplation about stones as we approach this guy. He's putting one of his dogs in the lead. One of them is free. Wolfie! Wolfie's sitting down as if she's stalking him, but let's see if he goes crazy. I don't think it's the guy from, uh, from before, so hopefully he'll be polite. We'll see. Hi there. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> She's a lovely dog, yeah. These guys, look at them. <laughs> yeah, they can see it, but it's not. <laughs> They're wandering around slowly. Yeah. When dogs get dementia, this guy, he's Fred and he's Phoebe's sister. Right. They're not ours, but he literally looks vacant. Right. He looks like the... The lights are on, but nobody is in. Oh, it's so sad. It is, yeah. Because he was such a lovely. He is. Lovely yeah. He's very different. Oh. Such a shame, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's something to think about on the way home, thank you. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Along with the stone clearing, you get little um, public information fields. That was actually, I have to be honest, a sponsored link uh, by the Dog Dementia Society. Please do give generously. To them, but that's something to think about, isn't it? That's not—it's not just me being philosophical. As I go around here, that guy is walking his neighbour's dog and thinking about his own mental decline. And uh, you don't have to collect stones to really get a little bit of that spirit of the field. But obviously, it's only when you're getting your hands dirty that you uh, can really appreciate what it is to be human and how meaningless it ultimately is. I'm just going to try and find a couple of stones just to go on the final. Uh, can as I the the entrance and exit can, which again always gets two or three little stones on it at least every single day, and you would not know that this had been going for months. Looking at it, I mean it's a pile. You would notice it, but it's nothing like the other one in the corner, which admittedly I did used to kind of transport twenty stones at a time to, and have spent a lot of time putting stones on. I think other people have joined in, but it gives you an idea of how slow the progression is. That's one corner of the field. Uh, we've walked around maybe half the field on this podcast. There's a long way to go. Anyway, that is uh, this week's podcast. Um, sorry, it was a bit snotty. Um, sorry, it was a bit windy. Sorry if it didn't record and you're not hearing any of this. That would be tragic. Um, we saw a rainbow. We had hope that the stone gods are supporting us in our endeavours. We've been back to nature. It's a lovely Sunday. Now I'm going to go. And pretend I love my family more than I love those stones. But I'll be back today, later today, to clear more. I'll be back tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow. Creeps in this petty pace from day to day. Thanks for listening, um, and do enjoy your stone clearing. Please do get in touch if you have any questions. Uh, if you are a glove manufacturer who wants to sponsor the podcast, 
do get in touch or any if anyone wants to sponsor it you know make me an offer uh, and uh, yeah we'll uh, have a great week uh, I'll be back next time with more stone coding do let me know if there's anything you particularly want covered and uh, see you next time bye Right. Cheers, man. Thank you. Come on, Don. You have been listening to Stone Clearing with Richard Herring, also featuring Wolfie the dog and Fred the dog with dementia and the other two dogs, and the bloke who's walking Fred the dog who isn't. Fred the dog isn't his dog. He's just a friend of the person who's dogs. He's Fred the dog. The music is by Mike Cosgrave and the mystery voice only two or three of you guessed who do you think it is see you next time